This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. Coming up in this episode, AI and society. That, but like really, really good at it. Like it knows everything about you, everything you ever wrote, read. It's just amazing at predicting the next token. And if we keep scaling it and it becomes smarter than us, we don't know how to control it. So you can look at every single aspect of society today and basically see how it's not in any way prepared or preparing for this technology. When we think about someone super smart, we think of like Einstein, who was, you know, half a standard deviation away from smart people. We're not thinking something a thousand standard deviations above us. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe, leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you're a new listener, Welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for all of your support. So our first guest is a computer scientist who specializes in artificial intelligence, specifically the safety around artificial intelligence. I have to admit, when it comes to AI, I am really lost. But he does a great job of really explaining what's going on with AI, what's the risk, and where we could be going in the very near future. This is computer scientist Dr. Roman Yampolsky. For me, from an outsider's perspective, like I've followed AI, I don't really understand what it is, but it seems like in the last six months, everything has changed. Has there been some kind of development that has just catapulted it forward? Or what's kind of like what's happening in AI right now? Kind of, yeah. The last six months, a new product was released, which is the biggest uh, model ever trained. And unlike the previous 50 years of AI, it actually works. So everything we did so far was kind of like, oh, in this special case, it can play tic-tac-toe. This thing can do pretty much everything in different domains. It can translate, it can write essays, it can program, it can throw things. So we're finally dealing with something like AI from science fiction, AI from movies. AI people thought we're going to have when we talked about creating AI. Is this a big development? Like in the grand scheme of things for AI, was this a hard thing to do? Or was this like, oh, this is pretty easy and the complicated stuff is next? It's not easy. It took a lot of compute. So we never had hardware this powerful. We needed special computers to be powerful enough and we needed enough data to train them. So before internet, before everyone started posting everything online, we just didn't have data sets big enough. And uh, same with compute. Uh, the idea of neural networks uh, dates back to 1940s, artificial neural networks. 
but back then we just didn't have computers powerful enough to run those simulations. So now we really kind of just have the technology in place to put this technology in place. Yep. And we're referring to chat. Is chat GBT the name of a company? The name of the program? Like I'm a little bit unclear on that. So the company is called OpenAI. They use uh, models of human brain, loosely based on human brain, uh, which are large collections of artificial neural uh, networks, or large neural network simulating neurons in a human brain. Uh, the specific architecture which really makes it work well is a transformer. And the latest model they released is GPT-4. So they had previous ones, they were not as powerful. This is the latest one. So Chat GPT is kind of the public interface to get access to this model. I kind of understand what it's doing, right? Like I put in, I want you to write me this paper, it writes me this paper. But from kind of a computer scientist perspective, like what is it doing? You know how autocomplete on your phone tries to guess the next word you're going to write and just help you out by doing it? That, but like really, really good at it. Like it knows everything about you, everything you ever wrote, read. It's just amazing at predicting the next token. So good it had to create models for like how computers work, how chess works. So it can be really good at guessing what the next statement would be in a program or next move in a chess game. But it's really just very, very complex predictor of next word. Does it understand or is it just really good at predicting? It needs to understand to predict at this level. So people argue about this word, what does it mean to understand? In terms of functionality, it's good enough to do things which if human did it, we would have no doubt the human understands. Is this a good thing? If you want capabilities, yes. What, where's, where's the, what's kind of the bad part about it, about it, potentially? We don't really know what it's like thinking or planning on doing or how it works really well. And if we keep scaling it and it becomes smarter than us, we don't know how to control it. Obviously, you know, like my mind immediately goes to like movies, right? That's the first thing that my mind goes to. Are those realistic scenarios? Like if this goes bad, how do you think that it actually goes bad? So movies emphasize visual aspects of how bad it will get. You have a physical embodiment terminator killing people. This is just like that, but no robot bodies, just the intelligence, just the power of words and internet to manipulate the world. Manipulate the world, get someone bribed, blackmailed to do things, maybe using nanotech, maybe using computer viruses, maybe using real viruses to do whatever it wants to accomplish. Let's just say that right now, for right now, when we look at ChatGBT, those kind of technology, what do you think the impact is of that a year from now, five years, 10 years from now? So if we freeze it in time, we're not going to release the next generation. Obviously, this is very impactful for economy. You can automate so many jobs. I mean, whole industries pretty much don't need to be there. We can just use ChatGPT for this type of work. Uh, long term, we don't really know, again, because uh, there is not just kind of incremental improvements, but this exponential, hyper-exponential race to get those systems to be as powerful as possible. So in a week, we now see more progress than we've seen in a year before. Do you think that we're kind of ready for this as a society? No. 
That's that's what I thought the answer was going to be. Do you following up on that, right? Do you think that the people who are in charge, and I'm putting air quotes up there, right? The people who are making the decision, so to speak. Have we really thought out like the the consequences of this? What's ultimately going to happen? Or are we kind of just like, we made this new toy, let's use it? Well, first of all, no one's in charge, really. Politicians have no idea what's going on in the industry. Industry doesn't fully understand the social aspects. So it's all kind of separated interests and they all care about their subdomain. Uh, people who are making those systems, not not like explicitly designing them, but making them. They don't really fully understand how they work either. Uh, they consider possibilities. They think about things like superintelligence and uh, general intelligence, but uh, usually they go, uh, let, let's get a little closer to it and then we'll figure out what to do. We still want to monetize this next level of improvement. So sadly, there is very little thinking being done about how it's going to impact everything. What part, like if we, you know, we talk about, okay, so if we're not ready for this as a society, where do you think that we're kind of not ready for it? We have no legal framework for dealing with something like that uh, in terms of copyright for creative outputs, art, songs, movies, text. We have no responsibility for crimes committed or for patents granted. We don't really have economic safety net. If this thing automates majority of jobs, it's not obvious how uh, how we're going to pay for people who lost their jobs. So you can look at every single aspect of society today and basically see how it's not in any way prepared or preparing for this technology. Do you think, though, is that the kind of stuff that like, okay, well, we'll figure this out? Right, like we always seem as a society to have this attitude of like we're gonna figure it out. Whatever problem's coming, we're gonna figure it out. Is this though something that could fall into that realm? Like, all right, there's challenges, but we'll we'll get it. Some of those definitely. I mean, if you want uh, financial security, you can tax robot labor, AI labor, redistribute those funds. That's something government's good at redistributing money. Uh, the problem of control, controlling the system itself, is something we don't have any technical solutions for. We don't know how to control more intelligent agents. We don't, we don't fully know if it's possible or not. It seems like it may not be possible. So that's the one where I would say we're unlikely to easily solve it. I'm a big numbers person in the sense that if you look at the AI technology that we have right now, and let's say one is... This isn't a real threat. 10 is like, man, we better watch out. Where do you think that we are kind of on that scale? Right now or what's coming next? Let's let's do both. Right now we're pretty safe. I mean, clearly we have those systems and we're all here and nobody died. So it's not a big deal. It will change social and economic situation, but it's not going to kill everyone. The next generation, we don't really know. It could be a slight improvement. It could be smarter than all of us combined. If it is and we don't control it, then it's a 10, 11, 12. When we look at AI in the general sense, so we have the chat GBT right now, Where, what's the kind of the next couple of things that you see coming down the pipe? Uh, they just scale their systems. So they add more compute, they add more data, train it longer, and it gets more and more capability. So you never probably heard about GPT-2 because it 
wasn't that capable. GPT-3, people started writing about, you had Copilot for programming, assisting programmers. Now GPT-4 is kind of very general. Lots of people found it useful for what they do. So it's if the same level of progress continues forward in two or three years, we can have human level or more capable systems. The thing that I kind of don't really understand, right, is like, okay, how do we get from the AI computer that's doing my homework, so to speak, to Skynet taking over the world, right? Like, how does that, how does that play out? Like, how does one become the other? So specifically with military, uh, military is very interested in having their work automated. They want systems for detecting attacks, for automated response. So they would place AI in charge of our, let's say, nuclear response. So all it has to do is decide that this is the right decision. We are under attack, or maybe we need to be first to attack to win the war. And you have nuclear war generated by AI decisions. But of course, this is just what we have today, the infrastructure today, plus the systems we have today. If you have a system which is actually smarter than us, a super intelligent system, I have no idea how it would go about killing everyone. I'm not that intelligent. That's the point. Do you feel like the powers that be are listening to people like yourself? Or are you kind of falling on deaf ears? So there is definitely more happening now. There are conferences, there are panels, they're trying to listen. I'm not sure they have background to fully understand. So some of our leaders are 80 years old plus. I don't know if they actually use computers for anything. So it may be more up to the advisors to them to decide what's happening. That's the kind of thing that worries me too, right? It's like by the time that everybody understands the problem, it's, is it too late to solve the problem? We see simpler problems like uh, cryptocurrency and governance of uh, Bitcoin and things of that nature. It's been a decade and they haven't really produced any useful legislation in that space. Is there any chance, though, with stuff like this, right? Because there always seems to be the thing in society that is going to be the next big thing, right? Y2K was going to wreck everything. Cryptocurrency was going to change the world. And then it kind of just seemed to fade away. Is there any chance that this is a flash in the pan? So AI has a history of kind of those boom and bust cycles. You have AI winters where everything dies out, no funding. It seems unlikely at this point just because the level we're already at, you can monetize so much of it for new companies, for automation of labor, and the progress is not slowing down. But it's always possible. If we stop right now and for the next 10 years we don't have any progress, it doesn't really change anything. We have the same problem just in 10 years. We still don't know how to control it. We still don't know how to deal with it. It buys us a little time, so that would be wonderful. A lot of the things that I wanted to kind of talk about are pretty much summed up for some with our listener-submitted questions. So are you ready for some harder-slash-listener-submitted questions? Always. What's the ultimate risk? Everyone dies. But what would it be that would cause that? Mistaken programming, bad decision malevolent actors doing it on purpose. Uh, I have a paper with like taxonomy of different ways to get to dangerous AI. Could you just real quick like sum up some of those categories? So most people understand malevolent actors really well. So bad guys, terrorists, crazies, cults decide to destroy the world on purpose. They use this advanced intelligence to help them achieve their goals. What areas do you think in society are most susceptible to change from AI? Like, we have a lot of kind of boring bullshit jobs we can easily automate and nobody would complain. 
I think that, but we would have to have, the, I guess, you know, the, the difficulty that I kind of look at from that side of it is like, right, but people have to have jobs. So what happens if it replaces everybody's job, right? Like that's kind of, I think, the worry that a lot of people have. So that's the idea with unconditional basic income, where you tax this technology, tax those corporations uh, making mega profits, and then you provide some sort of basic income for everyone enough to just exist, but maybe not making you rich. And then you can do extra work if you're interested in making more. What do you think will happen in the next five to 10 years? So I don't know specifically, it's very hard to predict with specific dates. It, it seems like we're going to get to human level and quickly after to super intelligence. But how soon? It could be as soon as five years. It could take 10, 20. We don't really know. Has, I, mean, I mean, has this kind of always been moving forward in the background, though? It was, but much slower. I mean, it was kind of linear progress, not exponential or hyper-exponential. People used to say it would be... 50 years, 100 years before we see something like that. Now, not crazy people are saying it could be a year or two. What was your reaction when you started using it, the chat GBT? I was very impressed, uh, especially it's amazing that uh, you can get basic model for free, which is like incredible cutting edge technology for everyone. And you can get like the very latest, the best with internet access with plugins for 20 bucks a month. Did you, what immediately jumped out as you as kind of the red flags about this kind of technology? Well, it does make up stuff. Like when you ask questions which you really know answers to, like, tell me about Dr. Yampolsky, and it just makes up complete nonsense, you notice that. Why would it, but why would it do that? Why would it just make something up? It doesn't really know the difference between what is true and what is false. It just goes, what is the most likely token to complete this sentence? So if it says, Dr. Yampolsky has won an award for, if the most common thing to win an award for is chemistry, then it will say chemistry. Have you seen any examples come out of it that would say like, oh, that was a dangerous example or like, this is a problem? You can think about uh, all sorts of situations. People asking for medical treatment, for example. What medication should I take for this or that? And it can definitely give you bad advice. They're trying to filter it out, things like that. But there are so many ways to ask the same question in a different way to get it to answer that it still happens. Do you think that this will be a thing that however it changes society, do you think it will change it uniformly or will there be big winners and big losers? Well, there are people who use it, who rely on it, and people who never heard of it. So obviously, it's not going to be uniform for everyone. There is an advantage to being early to anything. Will there be certain demographics or certain areas of the world that you think like, oh, they're going to really benefit from this, and these, this area is going to get hit? Again, it depends on what level. If we're talking about uncontrolled superintelligence, we're all going to be killed uniformly. It's going to be very equal and diverse. Uh, if we're talking about just economic benefit from technology we have right now, obviously places with advanced computing infrastructure, advanced education will benefit more than, I don't know, Amish community, for example. When you look at kind of the future of AI, what is a movie or TV show that you feel like, oh, that's probably what it would look like? And a movie or TV show that's like, that's not the way this would work at all. So for short term, Black Mirror does a really good job of capturing a lot of kind of side effects of technology. We're going to have virtual reality, mind reading, things of that nature. It's really quality 
they have a lot of episodes and each one is as good as a standalone movie. So that's a good example. As far as uh, something not very realistic, I mean, there are aspects of all this, like Matrix talks about humans being used as batteries for energy. That's not the best way to get your energy. So how do we kind of keep the bad stuff from happening and embrace the good stuff? That's a wonderful question. I've been trying to solve it for decades. I don't know. I bring problems. You give me solutions. If you were to like hold, right, like you're out with your buddies, though, talking about like, well, this might work. Is there anything that you could say would that might work? So I always believe in self-interest of people. If people truly believed that this is going to kill them, they would not push the button. They would not release it. They would not develop it and just be very happy enjoying billions of dollars they made with GPT-4. The companies that kind of make this, are they going to end up controlling the world? I mean, until they create this product and the product is out of control, right? You don't control uncontrolled superintelligence. That's the important point. Initially, you think you're going to be the guy controlling the light cone of the universe for, forever. You're godlike. But the reality is you're the first victim of this technology, the closest thing to it. Do we understand what we have done? No. What part of it do you think, like, oh, that's, that's the, the part that we're failing to grasp? The difference in capability between what we are and what those systems will be. We kind of, when we think about someone super smart, we think of like Einstein, who was, you know, half a standard deviation away from smart people. We're not thinking something a thousand standard deviations above us. It's a level of intelligence that we wouldn't even be able to comprehend. Right. It would look kind of random to us. We wouldn't understand what it's doing or why. Is there, but I mean, are there, when you look at like the current technology, are there fail safes built into the system now? No. Why would anybody design something and not build fail safes into it though? That seems like... A... They don't know how to do it. Like there are basic security things. They protect the files from hackers. They have passwords, but it's not... The model itself could be very dangerous. What they do, they put filters on top of it. Don't say this word. Don't ever talk about this group of people. It's uh, after the fact uh, kind of filtering. It's not really changing the model to be safer. But why? Okay, I'm, I'm trying to understand as much as I can, right? Like, but why would we not be able to build fail safes into the system that would protect us no matter how smart this thing is? Because you can't outsmart something smarter. You think, uh, like, think about having a child, right? You can definitely control a small child. You can lock them. You can do all sorts of things where they can't figure out how to unlock the door. But it's not the other way around. Dumber things cannot control much smarter things indefinitely. The one thing that I kind of feel like, like maybe this is more a societal thing, is there any concern in your mind that it will kind of take away our ability to think, our creativity, that we'll be... I imagine us in some ways becoming like Wally, the movie Wally, where there's just people sitting on a boat. You know, like, do you, are there any concerns in your mind or kind of in the intelligentsia mind about that? And like, well, what is this going to do for us as a society, even if it works perfectly for everything else? Absolutely, it's a huge concern. We see it with attention spans getting shorter and shorter. We see it with inability to read a map or just kind of participate in something complex it's definitely happening um that's 
pretty much really all of the questions. I mean, you're you are efficient. You are an efficient man. I will say, I will, we'll solve that. Problem. I will solve that. But is there anything else that like you think that we should be talking about in regards to this? So uh, your audience is very general. I understand those are not experts. With experts, you can go deeper on certain aspects of it. For a general audience, I just uh, I, I want everyone to understand what is happening, and that so-called experts have no idea what's going on. I think most general populous people think that uh, experts are really getting the situation. They understand what to do, but it's not the case at all. Can that just seems like such a bad idea to me. I can't get over that. That like we were potentially unleashing something that we have no idea what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. But oh, yep. to be fair, right? Would Have you been viewed in amongst your colleagues? Like, are you kind of a, um, uh, I don't know what word to use. Not alarmist, but are are, are you the guy who worries more? Like, do most people in your position share your opinions? So it changed. Ten years ago, what I was doing was considered kind of crazy science fiction and very few people took seriously, especially in academia. Now we see thousands of top researchers all come and embrace this concern. We just had a letter signed by all the top labs and top scholars saying, yes, AI is an existential risk. So they, they accept what I'm saying. We're just 10 years behind. Do you think that people are starting to come around to it, or are we just embracing this? There is more understanding of it, for sure. There are still uh, people who disagree. They think there is absolutely nothing to worry about, or we can easily solve it. But uh, so far, they haven't produced any type of proof or even rigorous argumentation for why this product or service will be safe, no matter at what level of capability. What are you researching now? I'm looking at different limits of what can be done in this space in terms of understanding those systems, predicting their behaviors, communicating with them without ambiguity, monitoring next uh, training run, and so on. Couldn't we just... Uh, this is one of our listener-submitted questions. Couldn't we just unplug it? That's the best question. I love it. We can also pour water on it. It completely solves the whole problem. No, uh, if a system is smarter than you, it will kind of anticipate you doing things like that and stop you from doing that. It's the how thing, right? From Think of like something like a computer virus. Sometimes people get those. Can you turn it off? Can you just, I don't like having computer viruses. Let me turn it off. How would that work? As, as someone who's had a computer virus on his computer, like it doesn't work very well. It doesn't do it. Right. And this is a dumb thing with no intelligence. This would be smarter than you. Um, okay. Feet to the fire. Ten years. Where are we? I'm not sure. Maybe some sort of virtual environment, but could be virtual heaven, could be virtual hell. If it was going to take over the world, like when do you think it would do it? Like, oh, we would be, we would hit the technology we would hit the technology by this year, where I think that okay, maybe it could take over the world. So I, I suspect that the next version of this large model GPT five comes out, something will change. I don't know how soon that's going to be. They're claiming they're not training it right now. Probably takes about six months to train it. Probably takes about a year to test it. So most likely not in the next two years, but we don't know. For sure. What does that mean, train it? Like, I don't understand what that means. So they take this uh, very large computer, 
and tell it to go read everything it can on the internet, every book, every paper, every forum post. It reads everything and kind of tries to process that information. And that's how it gets smart. Oh, so it essentially then it, and it's able to predict what we're doing based on all of those other models. I think we may have, let me just want to touch on this again, but is that a difficult thing for AI to do? Like we've reached high end AI at that point, or is like, this is just the easy stuff for AI. Well, it's uh, kind of self-learning. It is capable of, uh, if I tell it, go read this book and come back and tell me about this book and let's have a discussion and let's write a short story inspired by this book. It can do those things. It can learn without me explicitly programming things in. That's pretty cool. What like, okay, now I am kind of curious. Like when you look at kind of into the weeds about this, what are you and your colleagues talking about in regards to it? So it's not obvious that everyone being killed is actually the worst scenario. It could get much worse. You can have, when we talk about malevolent actors, uh, suffering risks, torture, things like that. Is there any good news? Do you have any good news for me? Um, I mean, right now, GPT-4 is only 20 bucks a month. So you can help them train the next generation with a payment. Great. So we can accelerate our doom to it. Um, that's where all the really all the questions that I had, man. It's interesting that normal people have a lot more common sense about those things. When I talk to average people, they immediately understand it. Just like you, they say, well, this is stupid. Why are we doing it? Then you talk to the brilliant experts. A lot of them don't have that same common sense. That's what the thing of, right, like how does that happen though? How does that happen that people like the common people, so to speak, can immediately identify like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this. But then it just keeps going. Like, what is, how does that happen? Well, we train scholars to think independently, to come up with contrarian solutions. So they do. And then there's some money in it, right? But like, how do they ultimately make their money off of this? Well, it's very lucrative. I mean, every corporation wants to automate their call centers and make their video games more entertaining. I mean, if you can have this automated human-like intelligence for $20 a month, that's pretty good for your business. In, in the things, though, that, ha that, that it has done, can people tell the difference? Uh, experts claim they can. Some studies show they can't. Uh, it's not obvious, depends on the domain. So in some domains, it's uh, like humans are funny. We have stand-up comedians. There is no stand-up comedian, Chad GPT. It's not funny. So it's obvious that it's like horrible at telling jokes. In other domains like art, I'm not an expert in art. To me, it looks better than all the modern art I see in, but I'm not an expert. Can it be creative in the same way that we can be creative? I think it can. It's just people tend to discount how well it does, especially when they decide to compare it to the very best of humanity instead of average people. Yeah, I could see that, right? Like, okay, this isn't Shakespeare. Yeah, but it is Bill from accounting pretty well, right? I want to thank Dr. Yampolsky so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And we've also included his information in the episode description. The YouTube version of this interview will go live on July 29th 
at 4.30 p.m. Pacific. Okay, now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. I want to mention, though, that after going back and listening to this conversation, I completely understand that we sound like grumpy old men. But I actually... I actually feel pretty hopeful about the future. I think that there's always hope. Do you know what's going on with AI? Do you understand this whole chat GBT thing? Oh, I hate it. Well, let me let me rephrase that. I think it's okay for certain things. Uh, but I mean, if I was a college student, that's all I'm doing. I feel like it could be a really good thing in the sense that it could kind of free us up from doing menial tasks. Right? Like, how often do you do the same thing, write the same email, do the same thing like that? The only thing that I worry about is if it's going to reduce people's ability to think. Like, oh, you don't have to think anymore. I I mean, I think it's hard to argue that social media has at least made uh, the world lazy in terms of thought processes. And I feel like that's, that's kind of what ChatGBT is doing. It's just another tool to make you lazier. You don't really have to think about it. And it does most of the work for you. I think, though, that this is the difficulty that we face with basically any kind of technology. We are going to go to the least common denominator. No matter what it is, we are going to use it for probably the worst possible purpose of it. We always seem to go to the extreme, but then immediately go to the remedial bottom. I'm not even a fan for like kind of what you said in terms of it could uh, eliminate some of the remedial tasks that people do. Because what, what does that do? Even Even having to, say, write the same press release every month. Still, if you're writing it from uh, from scratch or even if you're using a template, there's still some kind of brain connections there. I just think that this is part of a symptom of why people are so unhappy in their lives is that we are doing things that we are not designed to be really doing. Like we are hunter-gatherers. We're not supposed to be doing accounting. I think it's against our nature, and we can't continue on this forever. We're just going to be more and more and more unhappy. Something has to kind of alleviate this from this spiral of just brain-numbing. But you're not saying that ChatGBT is that tool, I hope. I think that something that will just free us up to be creative again, to do those kind of things, is something that we have to have. I think that we need to kind of get back to who we are. I would argue that besides ChatGBT, there's other AI-induced technologies and programs. And if you keep picking your teeth for popcorn anymore... I'm going to just be distracted. There's, it's impossible once you get something in your teeth. You have to get that thing out of your teeth. You, you can't just leave it in there. Like now, I haven't even had any kind of anything that can get stuck in your teeth today. Now I'm like, man, do I have something stuck back in the molar back there? Because it just feels a little weird. Um, anyways, I would argue that with the different AI te- technology that we already have, that we're gone. Our, as a society, we'll never get back to that simple way of life. No, I'm not talking about that simple way of life. I'm talking about the idea that we're not designed to do this. Like, I don't think that we, as a civilization, would like, you know what the human body and brain really needs? Spreadsheets. I don't disagree with that. I just feel that we're, we're way too far gone already. I actually kind of think that in the next 50 years, we're either going like Book of Eli apocalypse or we're going to paradise. And there's not going to be any in between. But we also don't really like change that much. Any technology that we've had, we really don't like that much change. We like a little bit, but not that much. If you had to stick a knife to my throat right now and say, when do you think things are going to culminate in the world in terms of like the AI 
uh, millennia or whatever taking over. I mean, I, I would probably say the next 20 to 30 years, we're going to see some kind of gravitational shift. I think we need something. People are really unhappy. Society is getting really frustrating. I think there has to be some big change that's come about. Do you want to talk about what happened in your basement? <laughs> um, This is the funniest thing. that I truly take just – I find that the universe has a way of always just reminding you who's in charge. Sure. I, 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 can, I can dive into this first. first can I of, set it up? Let me sure. set it up okay. first. So for people who are new to this podcast, John has been working on his basement for years and he talks about his basement pretty much every day. In some form or fashion, if a conversation with John lasts more than five minutes, he is going to bring up his basement. And it just got finished. Tell the people what happened to your basement. <laughs> First off, let me let me preface this by saying the person that did it listens to this podcast, and I want him to know that, that I love him. I appreciate him. Uh, uh, there's no ill will, and I've said that over and over. But... I'd so, like to thank them. I would like to thank them because if I would have been there, I would have laughed hysterically and immediately taken pictures of your face to see how enraged you are. So uh, I've been I've been hosting ping pong nights the last few nights or the last few weekends or f- few weeks rather, um, and we were playing this last this past Friday, and uh, it gets heated. I mean, you know, competitive people and. Um, he was the last person you thought would have this, this would have happened to, but um, I'm not even really sure what happened to be honest. But I, he was going for a ball, maybe lost his balance, and uh, his elbow and half his body went right through one of my basement walls. And uh, ruined, um, your brand, ruined your brand new basement. I love it. <laughs> it's gonna get repaired. They are a great group of guys. They're gonna make sure that you know it, it gets back in fighting shape. But uh, uh, what's funny was, so I wasn't angry. You know, I was, I was, I was in shock because I you thought you can't would... be angry. Somebody didn't do it on purpose. Right? No, like, no, no, you no. Can't be angry about. No, that. I wasn't mad. Like you know, I, I was just like, oh man, like fuck, like of course this happened. Kind of what you just said earlier, like of course. Um, what I thought was funny, or what I thought was at least interesting, looking back on it, was more people were, and it was a small group. I think it was five people here. Every one of them was like, oh, what, what is your wife? What is your wife going to say? Did you tell your wife? What is she going to do? Um, I just thought that was funny. So, because it's a great opportunity for I told you so, right? You've been spending all this time, all this money on the basement, <laughs> and then this happens. You should have known better. Well, I, I got to see this coming. I married a great one because uh, she. I told her, and her her first reaction was, "We'll get it fixed. Don't let it ruin the night." Yeah, that's a good. That's the appropriate reaction. But I think that basically what happened with your ping pong table and basement is synonymous a little bit with what happens with technology. No matter how nice of an idea you have, no matter how good the ideal is, people are people at the end of the day, and we're gonna we're gonna fuck it up. We're gonna fuck it up, and we're gonna do the one thing you didn't intend to happen. I mean, I like I said, I never thought it would have been him. I mean, no, you know, no offense, but. I've run into the wall. Other guys have run into the wall, but never through the wall. And uh, he just happened to hit it right on. And uh, he's a great guy. So I, you know, and he's a loyal listener of the podcast. And he, I know he feels terrible about it, but it happens. And we'll get it fixed, and and we'll move on. Well, the next time you see him, shake his hand for me. Say good <laughs> job. I just, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love I, it when people think like that happen. <laughs> I really want to keep this thing nice. <laughs> 
I got I got to tell you, my wife's reaction, though, I knew she wasn't going to be all up in arms. You know, I mean, let, uh, let's be honest. Some some women would have been down in the basement, like screaming, I think. Right. I don't uh, think so. I think that most people have a pretty good reaction about things. See, it's I never I, the reaction you think it is. Right. See, I don't think so. Like, I, I think you say that because of the way you react to things like that. And I found out that my wife, this is the first time in a decade of knowing her, after something like this, reacts the same way that you react. Just, all right, whatever. We're not going to let it ruin the night. We'll move on and, you know, it's not life or death. Like, we'll get it fixed. I really disagree with this. I think that most people have completely reasonable reactions. We're all pretty much wired the same in that regard. I think that most people are reasonable. People just seem unreasonable because a couple of people ruin the whole thing. I think most people are pretty reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I don't want. I mean, that's not what I was really. I wasn't saying that people are unreasonable. I think that I think that you're trying to attack everybody else. I think you're trying to <laughs> put down everybody. <laughs> uh, no, no, not at all. Uh, no. <laughs> do you, do you uh, this is a lose lose. I feel so. We, you're not gonna. Yeah, you just bail out. Do you want to just do your shout outs? Yeah, let's let let's get to those where we can. Since you uh, hate people, since you hate everyone, I don't hate everyone. Actually, I you know I would I would say with confidence, I don't hate one person, and I don't think there's one person out there that hates me. Oh, then you're not living your life right, man. I mean, I treat people with respect and kindness. Why I would think you, you hate need, somebody like that? I think you need to have at least one or two people who really dislike you. Maybe an ex-girlfriend or something, but not like somebody that I met or, or have dealt with in the last decade, probably. I can think of a couple of people who I'm pretty sure hate me. I feel good about it. I really think that my life has improved the more people who hate me. <laughs> but That but, means you're standing up for yourself. I mean, I uh, not that I, do, I don't. Once again, I don't disagree with you, but I feel like you know, there's ways there's ways of sticking up for yourself, and that's one of the ways. The other ways is through dialogue and communication and things like that. Too much of a people pleaser, man. That's why your basement got fucked up. You got to <laughs> you got to set some ground rules. Like, hey, look, this basement's brand oh. new. I understand that everybody wants to win, but don't be diving for balls into the wall if you're <laughs> 290 pounds. I mean, you're not setting. You see, you got to have some. You got to you. You need to, by the end of 2023, have at least one person who hates you. Oh, I mean, I think that I think that that would change your life. Well, actually, there might be a couple people now that I think about it, but get a couple more, man. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's, let's just give some shout outs here, right? Some. I'm a firm believer you got to have because, like, if you're if nobody's hating you, then you're not doing anything. Here's some Chat GBT shout outs for you. Okay. Just kidding. I I didn't do that, uh, yeah, nor would I ever. Uh, let's see. We'll start with uh, Jen Thompson. Vince Law, Aiden Lane, Preston Cosmos. Not sure that's a real name, but sounds pretty awesome. Good, I like it. Uh, Preston Cosmos. Sounds Ryan D. Thomas. How do you feel about people that make sure to include their middle initial and their names? Just a case-by-case basis. It's really a case-by-case basis. It can be hit or miss. (laughs) But generally, you're going to – my interest has peaked a little bit, right? Like that's a sure. not, I wouldn't say that's a red flag, but like, well, you better pay a little attention here for a second. <laughs> uh, let's see, Chris Manatti, Ernesto Cardenas. Appreciate I like that name, Ernesto. Ernesto, that's a good one. Uh, Chris Gogari, Corbin May, and Ethan Kaiser. Yeah, I don't think that you can have really traditional names anymore. 
Like, you can't name somebody Carl now. Uh, or George. Mm, once again, I, I feel... Well, not once again. I feel that names are kind of like uh, fashion trends. They go, they come back a decade later. They go, they come back. Like, is John dead? I think John's a dead name. Nick? Nick will never be dead. It might not be popular right now, and I don't even know if it is. Uh, I don't think it is. But it'll I be think back. It'll stay at about the same level that I think that it's always been. There's always going to be a few, but not a lot. Uh, you know, I, I feel, you know, like Michael's. David's they'll they'll always be there but you can name somebody like I could look at a baby and be like Michael David could you look at a baby and be like that's Carl <laughs> right I just like, feel like you, you got some kind of issue with Carl's right now it's just the first name that comes to my mind like what are we gonna name him Carl <laughs> what no I'm not naming him Carl I mean or like Maybe the female equivalent would be like Kim. Kim. Mm. She looks like a Kim. Like, huh. yeah. I actually, I, I think I work with at least four Kims. So there's a lot of Kims in my office. I don't know if I know any Kims. Well. I don't know a Kim and I don't know a single Kim right now. I mean, you know one. I think he runs North Korea. <laughs> I believe, what's his name? Kim Jong-un? That doesn't count. <laughs> Had to throw it out there. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's move Kim on. Kim Turner. From, I knew a Kim Turner. That's it. Kimberly, I feel different. Oh. Kimberly, I feel different about. Kim. I mean, it's the same name. Kimberly, Kim. No, it's not. Kimbo. Kimbo does, it have the same, does it have the same number of letters in it? No, it's not. Do you not think the same name. Kimbo Slice, RIP's parents, meant to name him Kimberly or Kim, and they just end up ended up with Kim. I don't think that. I think that's a nickname. That brings. Do you know? Do you know anyone? I gotta look up solely name. by their nickname. Like you don't know what their real name is. Kimbo Slice. <laughs> no, I. Uh, no, I, I guess I'm not somebody uh, personally. I am not uh, uh, hip enough to have friends with only nicknames. I knew one guy. One guy that I. His name was his nickname was Boodle, and I wasn't sure what his real name was. It turns out his real name was Nick. Oh, Boodle, huh? Boodle is like a family thing. Uh, Kimbo Slice's real name was Kevin Ferguson, just FYI. <laughs> For my firstborn, we couldn't come up with a name, so we put a March Madness bracket up in the in our hospital bedroom or hospital room and uh, let the nurses kind of pick. That was wow! Amazing. You can't even make a decision with your own children. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That, it was right. It's you have to admit for your you're f- too much of a people pleaser. For this your goes first back child, to the whole thing. First your, child, you should damn well have that name picked out. That's the progeny of your family even, lineage. Wasn't even me. Wasn't even me. I'm not even going to take that one. That was all my wife. All right. I had See, the you're name not I wanted. Your foot- you have you're not putting your foot down enough. You're not. That's why you need to get more people that hate you. You're too much of a people pleaser. I got, I got, What's I got everybody it. like? What's everybody want to name my child? What do you want to name your child, John? I mean, we we took it into consideration. It's not like we we went with what they chose, but you know, we we went in consideration and chose the most popular name. No, this is no, no, no. You should be making the decisions that regard your life. <sighs> Anyways, that's why you're ping. That's why you're. Basement got fucked up. No, my basement got fucked up because I'm I'm not afraid to host. You didn't set priorities. What was I going to do? Stand against the wall and make sure he didn't run into it? 
No, what you should have said is like, look, I just got this basement finished. Let's not fuck it up. Oh, I mean, that was probably said, and it still happened. You either fail to plan or plan to fail. <laughs> it, it's not, it's not, I don't even know why I'm going back and forth. It's always <laughs> going to come back to being gonna... my fault. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, mostly, look, look, that is the truth of life. No matter where you are, you're the one who got you there. Uh, let's see. Um, are you a bath or a shower guy? I don't know if I've taken a bath in 20 years. Have you wanted to? No. I want to get out of there. <laughs> I don't enjoy being hot in hot tubs. Like and People are like, let's go to the hot tub. It sounds awful to me. Okay. I'm not wasting my time in a bath. Are you a soaker? I just don't. That's not generally a thing that men do. Like, you know what I really need to do? Just sit <laughs> in the bath. No, I'm not a soaker, but... Uh, you know, back in the day, and I would do like if I had access to one, I would do it every day. Is like a like a steam room. That's it's it's awesome. There's no, I would actually put that on maybe the top ten things that I enjoy the most is like a good steam room, like a good steam, like where you can just feel the you can just feel the fat sweating out of you. Well, you're not actually losing any weight. So what you really seem to want to do is pretend like you're losing weight without actually doing anything. How can I feel like I'm losing weight while literally just sitting here? I mean, we talk. I mean, isn't that kind of the theme of the show? It's the dream. That's the a- dream. AI, GBT, like. <laughs> right. So wait a minute. Are you taking baths? When's the last time you took a bath? Um, probably. I mean, within the last five years, it's been a couple years. But uh, you know, every now and again. It's it's nice, man. You put in some bath bombs. You know, get the water nice and hot. It's just nice to soak sometimes. I just can't I just can't even imagine it. Like I like getting in the water, but I don't want to get in my bathtub and just be laying there like sitting in there just I mean, now that I have children who are really you know, weird to me. Four baths. and three, I, I can barely find more than ten minutes for a shower when it's oh, not two AM. There we go. God, I just I know that you've been like our top five is coming up, and this has been what John has, has been waiting for just to be a cranky old man and complain about it. I can't I wait. I just want to sit in my bath with nobody bothering me. Ooh. Anyways, I mean, it's kind of true. Kids today, one kid walked on my lawn. Mm. All right, well, let, let me ask you the second question so we can. I just want to read my that. book about submarines in the bath. <laughs> Speaking of, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, what Rank these milks, milk flavors from. Uh, what is it? Wait a minute. Go- Let's hear it. Let's hear how you say it. You've already done it. Milk? Milk? <laughs> milk. You, I feel like you're slipping an A in there. Milk. Well, that's you rank milk. these. You rank milk. these milk <laughs> flavors. Milk. Milk. Who wants milk. some milk? Milk. M A I M A A. Chocolate. Okay. Vanilla or <laughs> vanilla. Chocolate, regular or strawberry. Well, Three. strawberries last. I don't trust people with strawberry tendencies. I don't. <laughs> okay. Chocolate is obviously number one, and then. I don't know if I've had like actual milk in years, like or just milk. What? What are you one of those health freaks? You drinking almond milk, soy milk? I drink what my wife buys. Oh, I mean, that's I'm yes, like, you are. Well, that's what she buys. It's probably what I would drink anyway. <laughs> but I'm just not somebody that's like I'm thirsty. Give me some milk. 
Like that's not thirst quenching or taste and like milk is good. I would that would be my last drink choice, honestly. I mean, if we're looking at like water, pop, alcohol, soda, juice, milk, like milk is last on that list. Uh, I mean, it's I would probably put it above pop, but pop is more enjoyable to drink. But I drink more milk than pop on a regular mm. basis. Milk. Milk. M I A. U-L-K. I feel you like s- that's how you say it. M-I-A-U-L-K. Meow. You just made me think of that uh, Super Trooper skit. Meow. You know how fast you're going, meow? Meow. That's such, a, that's a, such a good underrated. That's such an amazing thing where somebody can make a, that kind of movie and then all of their other movies were, like, not any good. <laughs> I mean, like, that's a... Like, how could you do... Like, I did this one thing really well. To me, that would be like dunking a basketball and then never, ever in your entire life doing it again. Like, I just did it once, and I never was able to do it again. Like, that would be really strange to me. Um, all right, well, speaking of uh, submarines, we talked about this on the last episode as they were searching for these poor people. Uh, come to find out that they were literally dead within, like, hours of going missing uh, because their uh, submersible imploded, which is... Um, and if, if for those of you who maybe not have listened or don't know what I'm referring to, uh, there was a billionaire diving uh, expedition that uh, there's a company that owns a submersible that basically will take you to the ruins of the Titanic. And uh, I don't know, this, this is going to come out on Wednesday, what, the 28th? What, by now, it's what, been two weeks or so since the submersible went missing. They were looking for it, come to find out uh, within a couple of days, uh, basically... They heard, they heard a large implosion that the U.S. Navy did uh, at the bottom of the ocean. And basically, it's like a pressure cooker. And uh, without getting too graphic, you can imagine what happened, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, all five people are dead. So in saying that, I have a few questions for you. One, and I don't really think we talked about this last episode because it was still kind of breaking and we didn't really know what was happening. Would you ever go in a submersible like that? No. no. To anywhere in the ocean, even if, even if it, even if, let's just say a thousand feet down, would you do it? If I had a pool that was ten feet deep, I would not get in a submarine to go to the bottom of my pool. <laughs> nope. Okay, all right, that's nope. fair. Nope, not doing it. I found it kind of fascinating that there were no windows in the submersible. It was controlled by basically like a Logitech PlayStation controller. That's what it was, um, right? Like, that's yeah. the kind of thing that I think that, that a lot of stuff is still coming out, but this doesn't seem to be a, a very well-designed or maintained thing. Like, <laughs> maybe somebody should have been checking on this a little bit, but that's not the kind of thing that, like, there's government regulations. No, because like, it, right, well, it was probably have something that... it was owned by a billionaire, and it was a private company, and, you know, it was marketed as, we can take you there. And I, I'm not... Other than having a business license and all that, I don't, th- I, and, and I don't think you had to be regulated which is insanity to me but i wouldn't get in one of those things now but before uh before it was kind of brought to light how dangerous some of these submersibles are i i probably would have entertained it how many books on submarines do you have <laughs> a way different kind of submarine these but how many war books submarines ha- oh, okay but how many you're dodging the question i mean i probably i don't know 10 to 20 probably that's a lot of books. different like stories really- though it's not like i i just have 20 books about the submarines like there's stories and things from whatever it doesn't matter. i think one book on submarines is enough <laughs> you only need one book on submarines right like if you've got more than one self-help book it's not working for you 
Listen. You should never buy a second help self-help book. Let me put it this way. Some people are enthralled with airplanes. Some are enthralled with cars. I mean, I like cars. I like, you know, for, uh, fast cars. But it, but I'm, I've always, always been enthralled with submarines. I don't know why. But the thought of going a mile under the ocean in a tin can, like, it's just, you know, it's just nuts to me. Yeah, it is to me, too. I have no desire to do that whatsoever. I did see a scientist was talking about, like, that I didn't understand what an implosion really was. I thought that they would be, like, drowned. It's like, no, you're basically incinerated. Like, there would be nothing left of them but cells of their body. There's nothing left at all. Yeah, because the, right, if I'm not mistaken, it's, yeah, the, the pressure just literally implodes you, like, from the inside out. At least it was gone as a person. Yeah. Yeah. At least it was, you know, and I'm not trying to bring light to this, uh, but at least it was quick, right? Because the alternative, I guess, would have been for maybe like a slow leak or something and then maybe to suffocate or even a drown. Um, So I guess at least, I mean, I I don't even know if they would have known what was happening, right? It probably was just an instant, you know, and it's over. I would think that like no matter what, I feel like whenever something happens – you always see signs of it kind of happening. Nothing ever just, it's that old Samuel Jackson thing. Like shit just doesn't happen. It takes time and it takes <laughs> effort. Maybe it's suddenly, like it tipped the line suddenly, but yeah. it always leading up, right? Like there's always things that, and I think a lot of people who have maybe gotten on the sub or have come forward and been like, this thing shouldn't have been carrying people. <laughs> right, but, but nobody was going to say that beforehand, right? It's always when tragedy strikes that they're like, oh, maybe... Maybe that we shouldn't have, you know, maybe we should have inspected that bridge. Might as well move on to some things that we can complain about now. Okay. So this is a list that John has probably been waiting for his entire life, which gives him a chance to complain about kids today and all the modern ills of society. Top five things that are ruining society. And we're not talking about big things like major issues, just little things. Yeah. I, we should really do top five little things that are ruining society. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like we're not talking about politics or things like that, you know, or or hunger, climate change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're th- this is clearly a uh, a fun but real uh, top five. So, in saying that, I'm going to start my number five off uh, with uh, let's go fast food as my number five. Yeah, I mean that's probably one thing that you could say is like that's really probably bad for all of us. I mean, right? So. And listen, I give credit to the companies, right? Like McDonald's, Burger King. They try coming out with salads until you realize the salads are just as bad as having a double cheeseburger. My number five is abbreviating words. Guac, doc. I, that just drives me insane. I think that that's ruining society. I have something like that a little further up on the list. So I'm going to. You have that higher? I do, yes. It's bold. That's bold. <laughs> yeah. That's bold to put it higher. Okay. All right. Uh, number four. <laughs> this may piss off a lot of people, but I'm going to say it. Uh, televangelists. Oh, yeah. I think everybody you pretty know. much agrees that that's a bad idea, <laughs> people, right? You know, uh, and I'm, I'm only picking this person out because he's seen, he I think he's the most famous, but like Joel Austin, who clearly probably is not a very good person and has made billions of dollars, but yet he's on TV every Sunday morning. And I feel like, you know, it's it's I don't know. It just all the people that f- that flock to to that message and watch it. It's like, what are you doing? I think that you can kind of see that in a larger sense that there is a the rise of the charlatan. 
sure. seems to be coming forward. The people who are doing something and saying something only for the purpose of making money, regardless of what it does to other people. Like the charlatans are – there's a rise of the charlatans in our society now, I think. I 100% agree with you on that. My number four is celebrities. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Sick of all of it. I don't want to hear about them. I don't want to see them. I'm tired of all celebrities. Tired of it. Once again, I have that a little higher up on my list. So my number three is uh, lazy language, which is kind of what you were alluding to. But, you know, it's for me, it's not only talking to somebody where, you know, I, I mean, I, I've had some I've had some people uh, say things that I've never even heard of, like like ROTFL, like and things like that. Um, oh, I'm not sure what that one means. Rolling on the floor laughing. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm okay with that kind you, of stuff. Have you ever had uh, somebody say, Haha, you're making me LOL in person? Not. You can't say that stuff in you person. You can't say right? that. That's, you you deserve to be hit with a steel chair if you say that. But I didn't. Yeah, you, I didn't. See? You because know? you're a people pleaser. You got to put your foot down a little bit more. You got to <laughs> let the people know. Yeah, you sure can't I've... say that. Pretty sure I would have been fired from my job if I would hit people with steel chairs. But or or maybe I would get promoted. I have no idea. Maybe uh, you're in the wrong job. Hitting people with steel <laughs> chairs in a different line of work is completely acceptable. I will say that the the, the laziest language that just kills me is the uh, you know text message language where you know it's and is like just an n or you know you're you are uh, or, or are numbers instead of letters. It's just just kills me. Texting to me already, even though I do it, you know, it's major- the majority of what I do. Uh, but texting, lazy texting is something that I think has ruined society more than than most things. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, okay. I'm going to go sit on my chair now. And- God, why don't you go yell at some clouds? I- These damn clouds <laughs> covering up my son's God. <laughs> my number three is choices. I think that we have way too many choices. I that's, think that we need to go back to having less choices for things. That's a good one. That's a for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think choice. So I think it's part of the way we are as a society now, where choices have were a good thing because it gave everyone an option to get something they liked. But I feel like we're coming, we're circling now, right? We're on the other side of it to where there's so many choices for some things that now it's just a convoluted market. And you can't even, some people that are simple people can't even get simple things or vice versa. Complex people can't even get complex things because it's all like, it's just all, this is fucking mash. Just a mush mash of shit now. I think that there's too many choices and that when we were growing up, you just had to suffer through some stuff. Yeah. I mean, And I think that that's an ability that you need to learn in life is like, no, no, no. You can't just go do the next thing. You got to, you got to eat some shit. Yeah, you you got to eat it, and you got to like it. This is what you get, and this (laughs) is what you got. Okay, Uh, what's your number two? So, so it's kind of three things, but I'm I'm trying to combine it into one because it's all along the same lines. But I have celebrity bullshit, terrible reality TV, and billionaires. Like I agree with all that. First off, kind of losing. And now now I'm going to go through all three and why they all piss me off. One reality TV show is garbage. They're all either has beens or never will be's on these reality TV shows, especially the celebrity ones. Uh, Billionaires, there shouldn't. There's no room for a billionaire class in our economy, and there's hundreds of thousands of them. And two celebrities, 
like, and I, I'm talking about the celebrities that have all come about because of social media in the last decade. People that just, you know, there's some, there, I mean, there's some that, like, I, I don't even want to call out names because I, I don't want to get us in trouble, but there are some viral uh, sensations, we'll call them. I have no idea why they're famous because they posted one video of them lighting themselves on fire and that's okay. I mean, it's it just pisses me off. I mean, I, I'm just going to stop there. But, yes, that's my number two in a nutshell. I, I really wasn't paying attention. I was just kind of waiting for that whole thing to end. That's fine. It's like, oh, he's going to go. He's going to be I'm here not, for a while. I did I it. I, of, nope. Nope. Um, it's fine. I started thinking about what I was going to have for dinner. Well, um, well, I hope it's a big pile of shit. My number two is comparison. I think that comparison in some ways is ruining our society. In the past... You could be pretty good at something and you could take pride in that. Now you're automatically kind of exposed to everybody else who is better at something than you are. And you didn't have to know, notice that before. I think comparison is kind of ruining the joy that we used to feel in our lives about being kind of good at something. Well, now, we just see how much, now we just see how much we suck compared to other people. Well, I mean, you know, get off social media. You won't have to worry about that. There's no way to get off social media. Well, it is life. Speaking of, that's my oh, number boy. one. Social ethan media. Yeah, I don't really have that much of a problem with social media. My number one is the algorithm. I think algorithms are ruining our lives because they dictate them entirely. No, I, I don't think, think the social media is the problem. I think the algorithm is the problem. Kind of what you said earlier about choices. You know, when we were growing up, we didn't have social media. And we still had friends. We were still able to get things, do things, seem worldly, even if we weren't. Um, the instant gratification of social media, it, it's its ruined everything. Like, it's, you know, I mean, how excited were you when you were a little Nicky? Well, you probably didn't do this because you were a weird kid. But, you know, you would send away for a toy or something or a magazine, and you had to wait two weeks to get it. And you just waited every day for the postman to come by Smoking a cigarette to put it in your mailbox. And you never did until that one day. I didn't really grow up like that. My parents were always just like, you're not getting it. Oh, well. I didn't get Like, you're not getting anything. Like, hey, you want this thing? Well, you're not getting it. Unless you go get a job. <laughs> at the age of six. And that's why I started mowing lawns at eight, man. <laughs> I wanted a new bike. My dad was like, I don't care if your bike doesn't work. You want a new one? Go get a job. So I started mowing lawns. I'm I'm just saying, you know, this all goes to a bigger argument for me, but we need to slow down, you know. I think that's one thing that our forefathers and other other generations knew that they didn't know at the time. Was slowing down is okay. It's a weird thing that the older you get, the more you realize your grandparents were right. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh I mean, yeah, they kinda had the basics are really what kind of governs life. Um I'm going to start my honorable mention. I really thought about putting this on my top five. One of my honorable mentions is animals. I think we've traded pets for people. I think we've gone a little bit too far. Pets are great. I have a pet. It's a great dog, but it is a pet. It's not a person. I think we've gone too far with that. But see, I'm going to call you out because earlier you said about hunters and gatherers and going back to that time. And pets were a large part of that gathering. You're taking, but you're taking that like literally. I'm taking. I'm talking about it in the figurative sense that, like, like, we are designed, we are designed a certain way, and we are not necessarily built for the modern society that we have created. 
I think pets have gone too far. But not not the like I'm okay with the normal pets, and when I say normal, I mean like the dogs and cats. It's these people that are glorifying having a snake that they think knows its name because they stick a rat on a counter and it eats it, and they're like, "Good job, little Bobby, little Carl." Like, no, it just wants the fucking food. What do you? Well, I mean, that's any animal, dude. That's what we're like too. No, right? we can tra- like... we can train some animals to sit, like you know. They just want the food too. Well, they're not doing it out of the kindness. Whatever. You can't play devil's advocate on this one. I'm right. On I this think one. that you're taking an attack at people's chosen pets. I'm well, fine with people having any kind of pet that they want within reason, right? But I don't think that you should treat that pet as if it's a human being. It's not. I think you've got to put people first. And and I'm okay with treating some animals like you know humans, but not most. What do you name like a snake? Like what? I don't know anybody who has a snake. Like, what do you name it? You can't get like. What do you like? Frank, Frank the snake. Like, what do you name an animal like that? Slither. Viper. Snake, snake Pliskin. <laughs> As a video game, right? Oh man, it's Kurt Russell's character in. Uh... Oh God, not come to L.A. Escape from New York. Yeah, Escape from New York. Never seen that movie. That's one of those movies that, like, nah, the time has passed. I'll never see that movie. I don't care what's happening. What's else in your honorable mention? I mean, my honorable mention was pretty conclusive. I don't, uh, or my top five. I mean, I don't, you know, keeping it kind of fun-based, I don't have too many more. Uh, I I put opinion-based journalists, but that's kind of going into a serious, like a serious tone. Like, that's um, really ruining society. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> right? Like, that's really fucking people up. I, I, I had, the, the only other one I had was tattoos. But, like, I'm fine with tattoos. I don't care what people do. I, but I do feel like some people are, are overdoing it with tattoos. Um, well, everybody's always got to take something too far. But, but do I really care? Do I think it's ruining society? No. But I do think people are getting a little carried away with it. But who am I, who am I to say? Well, any kind of, I think, attention-seeking behavior is kind of bad for society. If you're doing something for the attention of it rather than because you want to be doing it, I think that's always kind of got to have a bad outcome. Uh, you know what? Now that one more that I'm thinking about it a little more is vapors, too. What's wrong with Well, I mean... Smoke a that, cigarette. That... Watch. Count my words. We may not be doing this podcast in 10 years. but they're gonna vaping? Co- they're going to come to find out that vaping was... It was more dangerous than actually smoking a cigarette. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. My grandpa used to say everything in moderation, including moderation. <laughs> Just how I'd like to live my life. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, leave us a rating or a review. Just a couple of quick words really helps us out. And let us know what you think are some of the tiny things that just seem to be ruining society for you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.